Hello there and welcome to the Tim Wexelbaum Show. This is episode 79 of the program, if it was 11 episodes ago, because it's actually episode 90 of the Tim Wexelbaum Show. Welcome to the program. 90 episodes is a milestone because we don't really care about the decibel system. We care about the round system of going about big numbers that have to do with the ones that are bigger than the next in the previews. And 90 is a big episode number. 100 is, we're not even going to address when it's the 100 episode because that's hack. That's what hack comedians do and podcasters, whatever you want to call them. That's what hacks do. They go, it's the 100th episode. We're not going to do anything special for the 100th episode, but for the 90th episode, we are going to do something special. And that is that I'm going to be wearing this shirt during this part of the during this part of the uh, series. During this part of the series. That made sense. See, not everything doesn't make sense until you, until you get to the end of the sentence. Then you know if, you're, if it made sense or not. So you just got to keep going, brother. You know, this is a podcast series. It's not just, you know, it's episodic. And this is a holiday season that we're currently entering in. It's a warm part of the year. Not outside, but in your hearts. It's the time of the year a lot of people like to give each other gifts. And the other half like to go to hell. That's what they do with their time. They just wallow in the seasonal depression. Are you allowed to say that word out of YouTube? Are you allowed to say the word depressed on YouTube? Because we are going to be saying a lot of words that you're not supposed to say on YouTube if you are good at YouTube. A lot of successful YouTubers say weird phrases instead of what they wanted to say, like, unalive, he's unalive, which means he has just passed away. Or they say he unalived himself. He unalived himself, which is a very difficult way to say something that is a lot easier to say, which is that he offed himself, which is a... Much better way to put it, because it sounds cool. It sounds cool. He, 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 he offed himself. When you say he unalived himself, it's like, it sounds like a technical term for a something that a surgeon would do. It's like a surgical way to go about it. And uh, in that respect, then I like it. If you do it in that sense of the way of the word that, that is dominant to the conversation that gleans onto the discharge of the definition... Then I do respect that. Okay, so I I would like it if somebody unalived themselves. If they did it in a way that involved surgical tools or like a concoction of of nitrous chemicals, then you could say, okay, he unalived himself because he did it in a way that required specific knowledge and technical. He had to take a technical. He had to take a. He had to go to night school. He had to go to community college and pay 70 bucks to learn how to do this. Or he had to get a he had to take a class in organic chemistry. And as soon as he found out how to unalive himself, he's like, okay, thank you. And then he left right during the half of the class. He had he actually like interrupted the class to tell them, okay, that's a, thank you. And then he got up and he walked out. And then the professor was just like, well, I mean, this is community college, and I mean, I don't care. I mean, it's not like it's high school where there's such a thing as tardiness or attendance. So, yeah, you just walk, okay, thank you, and then you go home, and you use that knowledge that you learned in organic chemistry 101 
and you learn the rest. So that in that sense, I'd be like, oh, he unalived himself. But if you just like do it in a way that involves like a gun, that's not unaliving yourself. That's that's offing yourself. Actually, offing yourself is when you do it by cutting yourself. Not to give you like. I'm not saying you should do this. I'm saying if you did. Not even you. Forget it. Let's just say some guy who's already done it. Forget it. Let's just say that somebody who already did it uh, slit their wrists. They offed themselves. I think that's the correct usage. Or they got off on themselves. They got off and then they offed themselves while getting off. That'd be a cool usage of the term. of the of the Like if somebody was getting off and then offed themselves while getting off in the sexual way. So this is a podcast where we explore the English language and idioms and the definitions of words. We don't cut and dry. We use words the way they're meant to be used. So anyway, I think that's enough on that. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't like how there's a shadow on my cheek or on my face, so I'm going to move the microphone so there's not a shadow because... This is a technical podcast where we we like to have an even-lit face on my uh, face. And it's not good looking. The face is not good looking because it's very, like, uh, bleach white. It's the color of bleach that it does to things when you bleach something. That's not, like, the best look. But I'm not vain enough to do anything about it. Because if you're super vain about it, and you have the social intelligence and and just ability the grit the uh the extra, like the ability to go in public and get a spray tan that takes a lot of vanity money and balls i don't have the balls i have the vanity and i have i guess i could afford a spray tan i'm not going to go bankrupt if I booked a spray tan, what is it like? I'm not out of touch, so I know that it can't cost more than a few hundred bucks. Um, with inflation, well, you got to do the inflation math. Okay, a thousand bucks. It probably costs about nineteen hundred with tax, and then I'm not going to go bankrupt. So that's not the problem. The reason I don't have a spray tan, and this is not the only time I've talked about this on this podcast, is because. If you remember the first time I talked about it, if you're in the if you're following sequential, if you're following in sequential order, I'm, this is a growth, self improvement podcast. So I haven't improved. I'm still exactly the same person. Hung up. I'm hung up on uh, hiring somebody to give me a spray tan because it, it's awkward. Unless it's a dude that's gay, then it's only awkward for me. If it's not awkward, because if they're gay, they won't be awkward for them. They'll just be trying to hide that they that they're that they're excited if they're attracted to me. I'm not saying they necessarily would be, because on a scale of gay to ten, uh, like on a gay scale of hotness, I am. I don't know five, six. Seven, I don't know. I'm not like a zero. I I just know that. It wouldn't be as uncomfortable for them if they're gay. If they're a straight woman, let's not be humble. Let's not be humble. A straight woman 
all of them want to have like all of them are attracted to me i'm trying not to say the f word like i'm on the on the feminine scale i'm a eight if i was a chick i was i'd be an eight no that's not what i'm trying to say i'm just okay i'm trying to say that to most women i'm very attractive compared to gay men gay men don't like my my type i'm not their type but straight women in their 50s most of them would have would be like yeah okay in their 60s as well did i mention that i can't leave out the 60 year olds who are, who are even hotter than the actually i prefer 60 year olds and 50 year olds because 60 year olds are less worried we'll get more into this later but it has to do with the psychology like okay we're not going to talk about sexual innuendo or any of that bs spray tans I don't. I would like a spray tan, but you need to get it done professionally by an applicator, and you got to fill out an application to see if you're qualified. And they check your credit. They do a hard credit check, so you're gonna get dinged on your credit report. So I hope you don't have to take any long. And it's really not really a credit report. It's a social credit report to see if you're a creepo. If they do, so basically they just they just go on Twitter, and they search if you're trending. As long as it happened in the past and they do a, a search they just do a quick google search a background check that's the better way to phrase it's a background it's a background check jesus i'm an idiot sometimes i'm just an idiot sometimes i can't even think of that freaking so they do a background check as long as you don't have any skeletons like you're not like a sex offender then i guess they would be like okay anyway it's awkward for a straight single dude to just get a spray tan um because it's awkward man because they're, they're gonna bend over they're gonna bend down to my genital area and then it's gonna get hard I, 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 okay I, i'm not trying to be funny i'm trying to diffuse the uncomfortability of this topic i'm trying to diffuse the discomfort in my voice as i talk about this subject because it's tr it's true that's the reason I want to get a spray tan because it'll go down and, and I'll get hard or at least I'll probably I'll think about how I don't want to get hard and then it's like it, it, it it's awkward man because you gotta wear like boxer you gotta wear like nothing it's best to do it completely nude so so it's a sexual it's sexual there's no there's nothing about that that's not i'm a scorpio and this is uh, uh who cares i'm a scorpio is scorpio season as in we're born in november and that's all i know and there's scorpions out and about there's a one in my garage and i i was like whoa like i didn't freak out that's what i'm trying to illustrate is that i, I didn't like freak out that's what people say all the time. Oh man, I, I, I saw I, I saw a big bug, and I freaked out. No, I didn't freak out. I was just like, oh okay, that's there, that's big, and it's on the wall. Okay, I should I don't want it to be near my house. I don't want it on my property, but it was just like creepy. You get this this skin crawly feeling, but that's not the same as being freaked out. Freaked out is like wah, like a freaking out. Usually you make a noise or you, or you start like shuffling around and darting around. I didn't do that. I just, I just got like paralyzed. Like I, I usually, when I see a big bug, I just go, 
I just stop in my tracks. That's not freaking out. That's the opposite of fight or flight. Some people fight, fight. I don't do anything. I don't have a fight or flight response. It's very dangerous. I just passively like stare and think with my brain. I don't have a fight or flight. I have a a brain that just tries to piece together the puzzle. You're like, okay, what weapons do I have? Okay, nothing. Well, time is ticking. Okay, like, you gotta make a decision. Sometimes the decision is to fight, and that's essentially the decision I make. But it was a slow reaction. I didn't just go, okay, there it is. Boom! And then punch the wall. I had to think about, okay, what do I, what chemical should I use to kill this thing? I'm not gonna, I, don't, I, I would prefer a chemical. I don't want to, like, smash the thing, because that's gross. So I'm going to use a chemical, because that's the humane way. Like, if I was a scorpion, and I was on somebody's, I would be like, okay, well, I'm definitely going to die, because he's freaking out, he's standing there. That's pretty much how he freaks out, that's the equivalent. That's how some people freak out, so... So I know I'm going to die. Chemical or brute force? I think it's pretty bad like to be to be uh to be toxified to be poisoned to death. So but being brute being smushed to death that's very like disrespectful. Even though it's like painless, it's less pain like it's instantaneous. It's just like really you're just going to turn me into mush. It's really disrespectful, so at least give me the dignity to go down in excruciating pain so I could think about it and have a out-of-body experience, a spiritual moment where I'm in the most pain you can imagine. But also, I'm a bug, so who cares? I don't, I don't experience pain that a human would. So I'm a humanist, and I'm humane against animals uh, because I kill them. The one I don't kill like animals. I kill the ones that don't feel pain because they're uh, fish. Fish don't feel pain. I learned that from a Nirvana song. And he was a botanist, so he knows about animals. Uh, Nirvana, the person Nirvana, not the not the bass player. I'm talking about uh, the dude who unalived himself with a gun. If you remember earlier in the show how I said that's not unaliving yourself if it's with a gun, that's a little, that's called being, that's called a callback. That's a little comedic concept called ironic juxtaposition. Okay, we're back. So let's get the show started. Jim Cramer is in the news. Not really. He's a great guy, though. I like him. He gets a lot of flack on the Twitter tits. The Twitters. The titters. Not Twitter. Uh, Reddit. Same thing. Reddit. Twitter. It's not owned by Elon Musk, so it's the one I, I don't like as much. And I don't like it. I like it more, actually, just because it's it's huge. You could get information about whatever. Same. YouTube's the best. YouTube is where I live. If I got banned from watching YouTube, I would have nothing left except for Disney Plus. And there's no Disney movies about how to record vocals 
and compress them with with the multi-band compression. So I'd be screwed. This is a very esoteric podcast. I just re- this is a very esoteric podcast. This is very esoteric, and I'm just gonna keep saying that word until somebody calls me smart for knowing what that word means. I'm waiting. It's not gonna happen. This is a one-channel podcast. It's like this is one way in. Thousand like it's it's one. This is a unidirectional podcast, so you can't talk back to me. You can, but I don't. I'm not gonna hear because I'm too out of touch with the common folk who actually are enthralled by my voice. Because if you're because enthr- that just means I like you. Um, I rely on you for juice to get off, not to off myself. To get off. But I don't communicate with my supporters because I'm, for lack of a better term, I'm not going to say I'm too good for you. It's, uh, but that, but for lack of a better term, that's the, how I, it's not how I look at it. It's like, if you actually support this podcast or me, that's actually humbling in some weird way. I don't know why, but it just is. Uh, so anyway, that's not who I'm talking. I'm talking about the people, like the like somebody that is like, uh, who? Okay, I'm out of touch, but not not as bad as as some people. Jim Cramer is out of touch. But I love him because he's a good, funny. He's an entertainer. See, people talk s about him on reddit because he gets all these predictions wrong with the stock market but like nobody can do that nobody could actually predict the stock market the only thing you could predict about the stock market is that maybe it'll keep going there will continue to be a stock market i predict with about 70 percent certainty that there there will be a stock market in the next 10 years but I'm only about 50% sure about that. So that's it. You can't make any predictions about the stock market. So who cares if he gets things wrong? He's an entertainer. He's a funny guy that complains about things that have nothing to do with the stock market as the stock market's opening. The opening bell is ringing and he doesn't even acknowledge. He just yells over the stupid clapping every day. And I was was window shopping Oh man, actually, I was. My wife hates it when I leave the toilet seat up, right, guys? And they're completely ignoring. They're just like staring into the cameras, like. So anyway, the opening bell is. Uh, we got a new ETF coming out, and he's like, "Man, nobody respond. Nobody likes me," and it's that's hilarious. That's who I want to be someday. I just want to be a guy on a TV show every single day that has to do with the real financial news, but I'm only talking about the petty things in my life, about like things that nobody even wants to, the most mundane. Cause he's out of, cause he can do that because he's an entertainer who's a, who's talented and he's successful. He ran a hedge fund. He's worth over a hundred million dollars. So he's not a kook. He's not an idiot. He's a kook, but he's not an idiot. There's a two, not mutually. You could be a kook, but it doesn't mean you're an idiot. They are 
not necessarily the same thing. So anyway, anyway, he's a hero of mine. Not because he predicts things. Who gives it? What do you expect? Somebody to predict things? Oh, so he's making predictions and he gets them wrong. So I don't like the guy. He's an entertainer. If you learn about the stock market, you'll know that it's fun to make predictions. That's the whole point. It's fun to speculate. And some of the stuff he says isn't even wrong. He says plenty of right things. He has home runs. But then he gets one stock wrong. It goes down like 50% in one day. He'll be like, well, I got that wrong. So anyway, I got these towels. Sorry, I got that wrong. We're going to talk about it in our secret club later on. I'm going to talk about it on Mad Money. So anyway, my these towels are made out of linen, and I I don't know if linen, I don't know if I like linen. Like it feels weird, like I'm on my skin, you know, you know what I mean, David. You know what I mean? And then David's like, I don't know, Jim. So anyway, uh, AMC is earning reporting earnings today. Uh, like they just pause because they don't know what to say because they don't want to say what they're thinking because obviously they're on TV. And they don't want to lose their job. Jim Cramer is not worried about losing his job because he's already rich. He's already rich. He's got his own show. He's like the Tucker Carlson of finance. If he gets fired for that channel, just go on Twitter. He'll get 100 million views instead of 30 million. Oh my. And then he can meander all he wants about, you know, Velcro. He could be like, you know, I don't know. Is there any point in using conditioner? If you're above 50, who am I trying to impress? So anyway, my wife, I'm going to be giving out Halloween candy. Like, he just talks about his life while the opening bell is ringing and everybody else on that channel is, like, being professional. They care about their job because they don't want to get fired because they're not worth 100 mil. So they go, that's true. That's good point, Jim. So anyway, uh, the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ is down 200 points, and that is very important, so we're going to talk about it as if it's the most important, the NASDAQ, but he's like, yeah, the NASDAQ down, but anyway, you should, hey, but this stock, I like that, it's a good stock, but uh, he talks, he loves stocks, it's just that he doesn't, it's not his whole life, he doesn't have to only talk about, like a robot, these other anchors, it's cool. Well, we're gonna be talking to the CEO later, and then we got a Fed meeting later on, and we're gonna be talking about that. And up oh, the spy is down, up oh, the Nasdaq is down about forty basis points. And it, maybe they're gonna raise some basis points. We're gonna have the CEO. We're gonna interview the CEO because he's had a good quarter. He's gonna splurge on and on about how he's jizzing himself over the great quarter that that he. And then Jim's like. When's this guy going to shut up so I can talk about Velcro and tennis shoes that I want to purchase? When's this guy going to shut up? That's how they're thinking about him. When's this guy going to shut up so they can go back to doing their stupid, scripted, boring job? They have no personality. They just got really good grades in finance school and they got a degree in finance. Well, Jim went to Harvard and so he is, he's already paid his dues. That's why he's able to... Lean back in his chair, roll out of bed at 6.30 a.m. instead of 6 a.m. like these other goobers. Okay, so Jim Cramer is, is a big spokesperson of the... He's a great... Uh, uh, we're a fan of him on this podcast. We're going to put his name or his face up on the screen there just to show that 
we like them. And that's just a new thing that I've been doing. Uh, the, the Timmy Gusto show came out uh, a week ago. And he it was very dirty. He curses way too much. So he's not going to have a career. I can't put out clips of him just talking about lithigerous, lithigerous things like that. Uh, or voluptuous, you know, like the like horrid. It was horrid watching his product back as I was recording it, as I was sitting there in the booth adjusting the, the faders, you know, like George Martin. It's the exact same job. Like, I, I'm pretty much the same person as George Martin. And then I added an, or, an orchestra. And then, uh, you know, I put a tape loop in, in, the, in Jeff Emmerich. So, you know, Tim, Timmy Gusto is, all, is kind of, a, 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 I don't want to say loser, because he hasn't really done anything to lose at. He doesn't even, like, try. To be a loser, you kind of have to be at least trying at something. He's so out of the the game me myself and i and i and i i relate i know i'm not saying i'm in the spotlight i'm not killing it myself because i also don't like putting out clips of this podcast because it's just one guy talking and that's excruciating that's painful i'd rather be smushed to death than listen to myself talk on this thing especially looking at my face horrible so I don't produce many clips from this thing, and uh, that's unfortunate because that's a good way to get exposure and organic reach, and uh, also you got to be saying something interesting. But if I had a guest on, then you go back and forth, and there's a dynamic, and it's it's easy to get clippable moments, I think. In my experience, I've gotten better when I have a, 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 a guest on. But I don't really like asking people for things. And be like, hey, can you read a podcast? I have a podcast. I used to do that all the time. But that was when I was an alcoholic. And I didn't have the shame stopping me from being like, so I have this podcast, Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, name drop. So I gotta acknowledge that. Huge name drop that I just dropped out of my ass. You can't just name drop and not point out the fact. You can't acknowledge. You can't just go without being like, whoa, name drop. But anyway, speaking of being a has-been, I'm a has-been. I haven't done nothing since 2019. 2019 was my year. That was before I knew what it was like to, to have my own uh, house. I just lived in a studio apartment. What a loser. But that's the thing. Now I'm a loser more than I was back then. And that's before I even had anything. That's before I even had like uh, any assets of significance. So if you got assets, uh, that's when you become a feel like a loser for some reason. I can't explain why. Maybe because I'm not doing anything. Like I'm not d earning more. I'm, I'm flatlining. Yeah, I'm I'm shrinking. My assets are shrinking, in in because uh, of negative cash flow. That's the word of the month. I'm gonna put a little ding, a little bit of a phrase, a little bit of a graphic up there, uh, to illustrate that this is a topic of conversation, and we're gonna coach you on it. Uh, yeah, negative cash flow. 
is when you are spending more than you're earning. And thanks to me not wanting to budget or reduce my intake of luxury services and garments, I love buying clothing. I love a good deal on a t-shirt or a button down. I love a good deal on a t on a button down. It's my new look. I only wear collared button downs. I think they're called like Cambridge. I don't know. There's there, there's a name for this style of shirt. I like the long sleeve and I like the size that fits me perfectly, which is an extra small. Look. Look at the length of the sleeve. The sleeve length is perfect. And if it's too long, I could roll it back and reveal a beautiful inner garm inner lining. It's, it's a beautiful purchase. And a man that knows how to dress himself is a man that I want to have sex with. Doesn't mean I'm gonna. It just means I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna be at least like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna at least like make that thinking. I'm be like, let me imagine what it's like. A man that knows how to dress himself looks his age. And we are all about looking old on this podcast. We're all about looking like you're old. We don't want to look young because then people are going to treat us like a young whippersnipper. And even if you do dress your age or look your age in terms of... if you, Even if you are wearing a perfectly fitted shirt off the rack from Amazon for 30 bucks, which was free because I used it a gift card because it was my birthday. That's a little hack. That's a little hack. Have a birthday and you'll get a free shirt because your mom will give you a gift card. That's a little life hack. Have a mom. So anyway, I got this free shirt and people will still treat you like a young idiot if they are a old idiot, if they're an asshole, yeah, I'm trying not to curse so much on this podcast because this is the clean version. This is a clean podcast, you know. But we don't say anything like bad on the, We don't say like curse words. We don't talk about like fornication or politics or racial relations. You know, we talk about finance. We talk about betterment, self betterment. We talk about stocks. We talk about the pursuit of financial independence, which leads to happiness. Didn't you hear? Didn't you know? Didn't you know that? Money, it's not that it can buy happiness because you don't want to give away your money. No, 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 no. Happiness is from earning money. Okay, now can we show a graphic? Positive cash flow is the opposite of negative cash flow. It's where you're making more than you're shitting. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It means you're making more than you're spending or losing. Maybe you're getting robbed. So money creates happiness. It doesn't buy happiness because that's negative cash flow. You don't want negative cash flow. As long as you have positive cash flow, then you could buy a few luxury items. But if you break into the negatives of cash flow and it turns red, you're going to feel like a loser. 
literally because you are a loser. That's what it means. That's what it means. See, I, I would be a good community college crash course teacher. You know, because I don't go, I, I want to be like Jim Cramer going on tangents about my clothes. I would be like, here's the news today, 5 a.m. Ticker, ticker sign MLD is going up. It pays a different, yeah. Positive cash flow is the opposite of negative cash flow. It means you're killing it. Even if it's only a dollar above your whatever, if you, even if it's only a dollar of net cash flow, you're still going to feel rich because that's it adds up. It adds up. So positive cash flow buys happiness. It, it instills happiness. So if you're losing money, if your assets are depreciated in value and you have no positive cash flow, you just have a bunch of assets or maybe you have like some liquid cash or capital or stocks, crypto, and that's where you're getting your your payments, your uh, income from, or your it's not income, it's uh, capital that you're liquidating to live off. So you would call that uh, uh, I don't know, not an ex. I don't know what the term. It's not income, but it's where your money that you have to live off. It's where your uh, cost of your your living expenses are coming from. That's a bad spot to be. You don't want to just be living off a pile of cash that you made and not earning any, you know, it's just depreciating. That's when you feel like a loser. So that's a psychological thing. It doesn't mean you literally are a loser because to, because compared to some people, they'll be like, whoa, he doesn't even have to work. He's living off of savings. That's better than me. I got to I'm working paycheck to paycheck, man. I'm, I'm dying here. And this guy's just moping around his house, just living off a pile of cash. That doesn't seem like a loser to me, even though it kind of does. Even when you describe it that way, it doesn't sound that doesn't sound that great. Actually, I think it's better to not to live paycheck. Living paycheck to paycheck is a totally the opposite side of the the coin, where you you don't have positive cash flow, but you have cash flow. It's just not positive. That is bad too. But at least you're working. At least you're in the mental mindset to work. So that's not a loser. A loser is somebody that ain't working, that has negative cash flow. That is how it feels. It feels like to be a loser. Other people might not see it that way. They might be jealous even. They're like, oh, you got your own house. What are you talking about? What are you complaining about? You got your own house. You got, you got plenty of food. You got plenty of groceries. You can eat ice cream every night. And that's where I want to be. No, it, it's, there's no, it's sad. You'll feel like a loser. Why am I talking about this? Because I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about you. When I say you, I mean me. That's just a easier way to say it because who wants to say me? Who wants to be like, me, me. Oh, it hurt my soul. I'm really having a tough time. Me, I'm talking about myself. No, I'm saying you, to to as like a catch-all, as like a you know, like the 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 you with a capital. I'm talking about me, but also there's other people that have that know this feeling of losing their net worth. 
it's not a lot. Not everybody can relate to this. But if you have achieved a net worth that has be- that's big enough where it kind of defines your personality like or your identity, and then you lose it very quickly and it gets shattered and you lose a huge, like 70% of it, you're going to feel like a loser because your identity is based on being uh, successful. So if it goes from here to here, you're going to feel like a loser. So I, I hate to keep uh, harping on that, but uh, uh, that's something I heard. I, I saw a podcast. I, I'm a guy who also listens to podcasts sometimes, and this guy who wrote a book called um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Frick, he had a guy on who wrote a different book called The Psychology of Money. And as soon as I heard the podcast, I downloaded the book. I read it in one day is what I would say if I was a good if I was a read if I was a guy who read books. I don't read books. I listen to podcasts on YouTube. So this is a really life affirming episode because it was two rich guys talking about what it's like to actually be rich it's not how you think because you don't see that very often you don't see that on you don't see that very often like rich people talking about the problem that they have the 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 issues the painful part of being rich uh and i'm not rich i not even i was never rich those guys were rich those guys are rich they got 50 million or something, you know, that's rich. I was never at that level. I was at a level enough where it was like, okay, that's a, I have a nice solid chunk of change and it went down and I, I, I didn't mean to make it my identity, but that kind of happens because it causes euphoria and you don't know how to, like you're, you're irresponsible and you buy things that are status symbols so people see that and they glean that oh he's rich even though you're not specifically saying that you're signaling it to them with the status symbols like the tesla if you buy a tesla a couple of years ago when they weren't uh twenty thousand dollars well yeah they're still extremely expensive actually they're still about 50k or something but a couple of years ago it was more rare it was more of a status symbol now it's like okay what big deal it's still expensive but it's not quite the same so if you roll up in a tesla or if people just hear that you have a tesla they're gonna be like how'd you what do you do that you have a te-? whatever they're gonna add the 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 pieces of the puzzle together and they're going to conclude that oh he's rich money is endless in his life he has no money problems everything is smooth sailing for this guy because he drives a tesla and look at him he drives a tesla that's it i didn't tell him anything i didn't really like, like i made jokes about it to go along with the the image that i was portraying as a comedian because it's funny to pretend to be an elitist and I am an elitist but that's the thing it's not a joke it's I think it's funny but it's also based in truth I am an elitist that's why I don't read the comments on this thing because I'm an elitist 
I'm too. I, Um, I like, I, it's not high quality, like I need high quality, everything has to be high quality premium for me to give a fuck. Or you just have to be really good at something, which is the same thing as elitism. If you're really good at something, but not premium, like a poor, you could be poor, but still really good at something, that counts. Like uh, Jocko, the the bass guy that got beat to death at a bar. He wasn't rich. I don't think he died rich, but he was elite. 20 years after he died, he became elite because nobody knew about him when he was alive. Same with that a few, a few people. If you're really good at art or performance, you're going to become elite. You're going to join the elite. It's going to happen because who would say no? Like that painter guy, Basquiao. Basquiao, Biscuit, whatever, um, Bisco. I think I said it right the first time, Basquiat. That's exactly how it's Um He started as just some dude who did heroin. And then he ended as a dude who did heroin, but was in the elite art scene. So doesn't matter how much money you make. I think he was also pretty rich by that point because he was selling paintings, I think, before he died. Now his paintings go for like $100 million because he's dead. And he was a trailblazer in one-of-a-kind art. So if you're so elitism doesn't just mean money. It doesn't just mean, oh, he's born in the... He's in a long line of rich uh, kids that own Fox News. No, Murdoch's. No, it just means you're at the top of your game. So I lust after the that whole idea of like, ooh, I, I want to seek out the best of the best in anything that I have that I put my hand in. You know, if I put my hand in something, I want it to be massaging every little finger joint. So that's what elitism is in a nutshell, and there's nothing wrong with it. Most people like the thought of being elite. If you had the offer if you could afford a private jet you would probably have a private jet it's only a very small percentage of billionaires that can that decide nah i don't need a private jet it's a very small percentage that just go yeah i could fly anywhere i want and not have to go through the regular security lines and get there 10 minutes before it takes off go straight to the tarmac you don't even know the word tarmac unless you're rich poor people don't even know what a tarmac is because they're not allowed to even look at the tarmac they're, if you're if you're taxiing on a runway they don't even know that they're on a tarmac they just call it oh i'm on a i guess i'm in the airport on a runway or something they might know what a taxiway is but the tarmac is where your only rich people go. And that's where their plane is waiting for them. They don't have a schedule. They just go, okay, well, the, the VIP is not here yet. That's what they call them. They call them the VIP every time, even when they're not within an earshot. And they just go, well, you know, we're here, and we're not, not going to get mad because he's paying. So whatever, if he's late... We just get paid a little extra and it's nothing to hit. No skin off his nose. 
So we're happy no matter what. See, that's what elite service is. You could be as late as you want. But since you're the one footing the bill, all the people flying the plane are just going to be as happy as a clam. They're just going to be, okay, it's a few extra minutes I can watch my iPad. I'm going to watch some iPad here on my on my pilot cock seat, my cockpit. Anyway, so that's elitism, and uh, we got on that tangent because I was doing jokes. I was pretending to be rich when I became, not rich, but I, I became paper successful a little bit. Enough to uh, buy a Tesla, which is nothing. It's not that much, but it was enough for people to permanently uh, look at me different. Uh, I looked at myself differently. So I can't blame them. Yeah, are we done yet? This is all... Okay, just making sure we're not going over because I don't want to get too in the weeds on something that is not that interesting. I mean, you know, it's interesting, but it's just like... It's like... You got to be... You got to write a book to know what it's like to be in this position. So anyway, people looked at me as if, oh, he's rich. And that's... They permanently... Uh, they still think that they still think that i'm that way even though i I never really was i just had a tesla in a house whoopee doesn't take a genius to do what i did i just uh yeah so it's nothing uh uh impressive um i mean not to be too because these guys on this podcast these these guys that i'm talking about they completely shit on the idea of making money from a meme stock, and I resent that part of the that part. I furrowed my brow, and I was like, "Well, what do you know about meme stocks? Let's see if it's so unimpressive. Let's see you do it." And they probably did. They probably did something a lot more impressive than that. But they actually had a point behind it. They didn't just shit on. They said, "Well, because it's not repeatable, and I'm not interested in something that's just luck." I want to do something that's repeatable and then I'll actually get some satisfaction out of it. And I could get that, I guess. But the meme stock was not just an accident. It was a uh, stretch. It was a strategic investment that didn't happen overnight. And so luck was involved, but it was not something that I didn't plan out for years. So the GameStop junkies that became millionaires... They had to really make a strong decision to actually commit to that. Some of them, I guess, just did it on a freaking whim. And like, okay, I'm going to put 60000 into GameStop. And then it went up to $200. Uh, uh, and they made, let's say, $10 bucks. But uh, Very few of those exist that just did it on a whim. I think most of the ones that actually made a killing on GameStop were not just run-of-the-mill... Uh, gamble gambler junkies you know that just go yeah man let's just put all the money on black some of them yeah then okay fair enough but I'm just defending my honor as a egomaniacal elitist is in that in the sense that it doesn't even matter if it's not impressive because it's harder what is impressive is to keep the damn money then it would be impressive if I still had it then it'd be impressive. But I have, but like most people who make a ton of money in one day, 
they don't usually keep it, you know, they don't usually keep it for very long. So that's the other side they don't hear. I mean, you know, you hear about with lottery winners. You hear about with lottery winners. But, you know, so it was kind of like that. And then you feel like a loser because your net worth is now not as much. And uh, your identity was kind of riding on being a rich douchebag. Once you start feeling the what it's like, to be able to do whatever you want within reason, like any like things that you weren't able to do before. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm going to plan a trip. Done. Done plan. That's how long it takes to plan a trip if you're rich. If you're rich, this is how long it takes to plan a trip. Okay, maybe I should go to Spain. I don't even know where that is on a globe. And then you just press a button in your on your phone, buy a boom. I guess I'm going to Spain tomorrow because I bought a first-class ticket, and you could do that because there's usually some availability if you have enough. I don't know. I don't freaking know. It's more flexible if you if you have enough money. It's easy to to buy uh, plane tickets and cancel at the last minute. It's more flex. You can just do whatever you want. So that's how easy it is. You don't have to plan. You just go. Okay. Well, I bought the tickets. So I guess next step pack or i could just buy stuff on the when i get there i could pack or i could just not i could just wear whatever i have on my back bring my phone wallet that's the most important thing is the wallet and the phone without those two things you're not rich anymore in these days you just really need your phone so anyway so yeah it may be your passport you need your passport okay that's where you got me that's the one thing that money can't buy is a passport. You got to go to the stupid DMV or pay somebody to go for you wearing a mask. So anyway, that's how long, that's how easy it is to plan a trip when you're loaded. You just go, okay, I don't care about the hotel. I'll figure that out when I'm in the plane. I'll just, that's another few clips, clicks of the button. Okay, I'll just buy a penthouse. Not rent a penthouse. I'll just buy a penthouse as soon as I get there. Okay, thank you. You get up to the penthouse. You don't worry about anything. You don't have to worry about nothing, man, because you don't have to plan. The worst case scenario, you get to pull out your wallet and be like, oh, oh, I didn't know that would be a problem. Well, here's $10,000. Here's my black card. Yep, that's not a problem. Oh, you're all booked up? Well, here's my black Visa card, American Express Visa. It's black. That means it's good. That means that you got rooms all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, rooms? Yeah, well, how about that? Check out his card. It's black. It's heavy, man, out of metal. You drop it on the kiosk. Make, makes a big plow. Plank. Makes a big noise when it drops like a gold coin, and then they go. A room has just opened up, Your Majesty. I did not realize you were a VIP. That's how they talk. They hate doing that. They don't like having to do that. They, they, they going to a rich hotel. You know, being a rich person, checking into a hotel. They don't like rich people. Like they'll try to hide to, to muster up a servant. You know, 
how is everything the same check it out like but inside they're like oh another rich asshole another rich asshole so if they are booked up you just go oh well i guess i'm just i'll just go to a different country then oh spain is all booked up okay i'm going to austria oh, i don't know how to speak austrian okay i'm going to germany then oh i don't know how to speak german either I'm going to swiss switzerland and you never leave because that's the that's the top level country. That's the maximum country. There's no better country than Switzerland. That's why I don't know anybody from there. Because they don't come here. Because they're not idiots. They're level 99s. They're, they reach the cap. They're capped out in levels. They cap their levels. They got all the best equipment. They got the, they got shoes that go faster than you. They got to know what... They don't have to go anywhere. Once you hit Switzerland, you're done. Never met a Swiss person. You've ever been walking down the street and hear a Swiss guy about, oh, what's with that Swiss accent? I'm sick of all these Swiss jerk-offs coming here to be in my shittier country. What do I got to do with all these Swiss people? No. That's never happened. I've never, I don't even know what they look like. I, I don't know what they look like. I'm assuming they're attractive. Assuming they're hot and happy. They're the happiest people in the world because they have positive cash flow. So anyway, Switzerland, I'll just go there. Oh, you all bucked up in Switzerland? Well, I'll pull out my even heavier black car. That's even thicker. It makes a bigger noise when it hits your desk. Plank! Plink! And it makes an echo because it's such a big hotel. Plank! 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 Oh, okay. And then they do a... I, I don't know what a Swiss accent is. I have no idea what a Swiss accent sounds like, so I can't even imitate them badly if I wanted to. I can't even do a bad impression of Swiss because I've never met a Swiss person because they don't come here. Why would they go to a shitty shithole? Sorry, I'm not trying to curse, but I, I'm... I'm I'm allowing the S word because it's not as bad as the F word. Why would I go to that S-hole country when I'm in Switzerland, the best S country? So, you know, that's, you know, you're not allowed there. You're not allowed in Switzerland unless you have a credit card that's this thick. It weighs like a pound. The credit card itself is gold. It's it's worth like $20,000 in gold. So you drop it, it it deforms because it's pure gold, so it's no longer the shape of a credit card. By the time I'm done using this thing, it's a snowball. It's no longer a credit card. It's a shape of my it's a shape of silly putty because I've been dropping at all these desks that won't let me in. So I got to keep dropping it and then they finally get the memo and it doesn't make that loud of a sound because it's it's gold. It's not like tin. It's not a cheap metal that makes a ding sound. It's gold. It makes a bonk, bonk. It makes a high quality sound when you drop it on a hotel front desk and then they go, oh, didn't realize. Well, we do have a room reserved for people that have the means to afford it. We just say that, obviously, we don't have rooms for you. We, You know, for most people, we, we're not lying when we say we're out of rooms. We meant 
for regular people. But now that you have that credit card, yeah, welcome to Switzerland. Or Switzerland. I don't know how I talk. Notice how there's absolutely no cultural significance of Switzerland other than that they're known for having banks that don't disclose information about their clients. That's all you've ever heard about Swiss and maybe they make chocolate or something. I don't know. They make candy canes. They're known for their cheese or something, but that's it. You never heard nothing about Switzerland. There's no bands from Switzerland because bands can't afford to practice in Switzerland because anyone that's in a band cannot afford to be in Switzerland. No rich people are in bands. No happy rich people form bands. Only sad, outgoing, trash forms bands. So anyway, if Switzerland's full, I'll be like, well, okay, I'll just go back to the tarmac. I'll just have them open the door and go right in and then they'll close it right as I get in. Because there's no gate. I am the only passenger because I travel alone. Or with an escort. I like to be escorted around the world. It's fun. So anyway, you know, people to do the small things for me. Obviously, I'll have an honorage. Can't afford an honorage. And here's the last thing I'll end up to wrap it up. I'm talking about the best parts of wealth, about how if you have it, if you have positive cash flow and real unlimited, you know, virtually unlimited wealth, like billionaire, 500 million plus, then you could be like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to see what Antarctica's like this time of the year. Let's go meet some scientists and get in their grill and learn about their struggles and, you know, see what they talk about get drunk with them in Antarctica. Yeah, you can do that. But the downside is you don't have any real friends except for if you're lucky, maybe you'll be friends with Elon. I don't know. He seems like a pretty busy guy. He doesn't have many friends. He doesn't you don't really hear about Elon and his bros. You hear about Elon and the people beneath him that serve him. You don't really hear about people that are his equals. Like, you know, my bro Elon been smashing cocks. We've been shucking each other out. We've been, you know, slapping dicks to each other's dick. Uh, you know, whatever friends do, whatever they, however they talk. You don't see that with Elon. The closest you see is with Joe Rogan. And that's the closest it is. And that's not even that cl- He's He's also kissing his ass. Because he's not as, he's not as, uh, influential. He's not as rich. He's not as powerful as Elon. He's not even a billionaire. There are billionaires that are nothing c- compared to Elon because they're only worth like one or two billion. And then there's the trillionaire guy in Saudi Arabia. Who the hell does he hang out with? How do you be a guy in your 30s worth literally two trillion dollars? You own multiple states in the country in the united states but nobody knows it's just but it's an it's true like he literally owns 90 percent of new york city or something and he's bored who does he hang out with he doesn't hang out he has no equals he'll hang out you know hang out and you know which just means getting his dick sucked for lack of a you know people 
trying to get on his good side in his entourage. That's not an equal. So that's the downside is he has no friend, no equal friends. There's always a power dynamic if you're worth two trillion. So I feel bad for the guy. And, you know, not not trying to say I pity the guy. I'm saying I have empathy for the guy. and And I think I'm kind of on his level enough to, like, mentally be his equal because i get it i know what it's like to be a trillionaire you just be like oh you know what it'd be nice to own brunei you just wake up you just you spin a globe around you go just smack your finger up pacific ocean okay do it again boom fiji islands i've heard of that place they have good water yeah it'd be nice to just own that country for a few years you know fuck it let's roll the dice let's get crazy Let's buy the Fiji Island. Boom, done. Before he even finishes his sentence, he owns a Fiji Island. That's what it's like to be a trillionaire. I get it. I can imagine what that's like. Oh, I want to have a slave country that's dedicated to just serving me, like a whole country that just is my slave. Just the women and the men are worse, like non-sexual slaves and the the women are sex slaves. Yeah, that's what two trillion gets you. Uh, I could relate to that. We've all been there. We could all dream. So I would hang out with the guy. The problem is, he's probably kind of a, he's probably kind of a douche. He's probably kind of a he's probably kind of a little bit of an ego douchebag. So maybe so that's the thing is I wouldn't want to be his friend. He would be like, "Yo, man, you never you didn't text me back. Why don't you text me?" He's like, "Because I'm tired. Because you're you're kind of annoying, dude. Like I had you on my podcast." You kept breathing into the microphone. Like I get it, two trillion dollars, you know, the king of the king of the world. You know? The biggest oil company in the world and the biggest dynasty and whoopee. But you you keep breathing into the microphone. You keep making these dumb jokes about slaves and which ones are better than like it's not funny. It's hack. So that's a it's a very lonely world on top. So I think, I hope you learned something. Uh, This has been episode 59 plus 39 equals, no, 31 equals 90. It's been episode 90. I keep forgetting, but it's episode 90. And I thought I would do a very informal, uh, informational episode to give people a nice uh, splooge of information. And I don't, you know, I wasn't planning on talking about that the whole time. I was going to talk about other stuff that was bothering me, but it's below me. I think that's kind of goes with the the theme of the episode is that some things are just not worth addressing because I'm not petty. I'm petty, but not. There's a limit to my pettiness. There's an upper limit and a lower limit. And some things are not worth bringing up because they're lower than the lower limit that my pettiness goes down to. So I'm actually, that's what happens. Sometimes you out, you you don't get bogged down. Sometimes your pettiness doesn't 
get the best of you. And it helps to know that I feel like the more I talk about it, the more I'm just going to have to, it's pet, the more I'm being petty. The more I talk about not being petty, the pettier it's starting to sound. So I'm going to move, I'm going to pull a ripcord, I'm going to cut the umbilical cord on this topic and just wrap it up. This has been episode 90 of the Tim Vaishal Bomb Show. Have a good piece of the week. Happy Wednesday, happy Thursday, happy Friday, and Shabbat.